Hey everyone, my name is Caleb. And I'm Ben, and you are listening to Tribal Talk, a survivor podcast. I bet you thought we were going to do a review episode for the finale, but we actually are, so psych. Uh, Of course, we're going to talk about the season finale. Uh, We had to, like a fine steak, we had to let that episode just kind of marinate for a little bit. And go figure, when there wasn't an impending episode coming the following Wednesday, we didn't record on time. I work off deadlines, okay? We were tardy. We were tardy. You can give us a demerit. So... In the interest of uh, preserving our listeners' time and keeping the content going, let's go right into our first topic of discussion, just kind of an overview, Caleb. How do you feel like... We heard we heard Jeff Probst say that this was um, his favorite season. He thinks the best season ever. Of, of course, I, I feel like A he has to say that. A little hyperbolic. I feel like he had to say that, though, because he's got, like, every winner, almost every winner uh, in there, and, and he has to kind of pay some lip service to them, and I think that it's the respectful thing to do to say, mm-hmm. okay, this is Clash of the Titans. This is the most epic. But uh, where do you feel like this actually ranks in in entertainment level compared to all the other seasons before? If you were to ask me, Caleb, what is the worst season of Survivor? I would probably say it's Survivor Taiwan. I watched that recently and I was like, this Ooh. is just not that good. That's just my opinion. So so let's, let's just establish that's certainly in the lower tier, right? Sure. And the flip side is pretty much generally agreed upon by all Survivor fans is that heroes versus villains is just top, top notch season, right? So where does this rank in there? I would certainly put winners at war in the top five. It's up there with heroes versus villains, Kageyan, China, Micronesia. I mean, it's it's up there for sure. I have a couple qualms with it. Like, for example, it had lots of really good individual episodes. You know, we had the Queen Slaying. We had the Log Challenge on the Edge of Extinction, which was a great mm-hmm. segment in that episode. We had Tony's Blindside of Sophie and everything else he did in that episode. That was just like a Tony Bonanza. All of that was was fantastic. But the flip side, though, is that there weren't a whole lot of through lines throughout the entire season. And Tony really kind of came out of nowhere after the merge. Before then, he was in, he was in the season for sure. But he was, you know, carrying sharks and doing other Tony things yeah. and just really not being involved. And that was by design a lot on his part. But as far as like telling a full season narrative from beginning to end, I don't think it was quite as good as some of the other seasons we've received. But individual episode wise, excellent. One thing I like about Survivor is the adaptability. I, I talk about that a lot when we're when we're talking about Survivor because I do think that that's something that you can you can really compare to an actual survival situation. I think that the person who is the most adaptable is going to survive in the wild and they're also going to survive in the game. And the the through line that I think exists for Tony is early on you hear him talking about, you know, he talked it over with his wife and his wife gave him the best advice. And she said, Tony, don't go crazy. Keep it together. You know, be nice, be likable as long as you can. And then when their guard is down, pop them in the mouth. And at the very beginning of the, the season, that's exactly what he said. Right. And you you basically see him fade into the background for a while. I think I think that is a through line still. I think that that still is Tony not being the center of attention. And then once the timing is right, which I argued it was a little too soon, obviously he proved me wrong. He he pops them all in the jaw. So I I think that this season ranks pretty high in that list. You know, maybe even maybe even top three for me. Yeah, it's up there. And here's here's the thing. Uh, one of the seasons that you didn't mention is my personal uh, second favorite. I would say after Heroes versus Villains is actually Blood versus Water, uh, the original Blood versus Water. 
And uh, I absolutely loved that season for so many reasons. I, I, I think that this is probably number three. And the reason I wouldn't put it higher is just because I felt like so many of the mechanics just muddled the game for me. And yeah. and maybe this isn't popular, but I, I really didn't like the overall mechanics that the tokens brought to the game. It's just... It's just too much to have its own economy. Is just they they really jumped the shark in my opinion and and lost me uh, for a lot of the the season. I I couldn't I didn't even know how to talk about the tokens. Yeah. So that's the only reason it's down down to probably number three. I'll jump in on that question then, yeah. just to have you elaborate on that a little bit. Now that we have seen the entire season, we got to see fire tokens from beginning to end as well as Edge of Extinction. Do you think that the Edge of Extinction, even with the fire tokens, this second iteration that we've seen now, do you think that it's overall an addition or a subtraction on the season? And do you think that Edge of Extinction should ever, ever be used again? I think it's okay that it's happened. I would never like to see it again. I understand why they did it for this season because they wanted to give plenty of camera time to these people that they paid good money to get on that island in the first place of course you're not gonna have them film for three days and then just be gone completely they want to get every single bit of camera time they can out of these people and it makes sense i would never like to see this again ever 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 again please never um and the reason is because it takes so much drama out of the game it's like okay you're voted off so what you could still win the whole freaking game and yeah. and have even a, a good shot at doing that Apparently too. So yeah, as we've seen twice in a row, uh, you know, coming in first and then coming in second. That's that's my opinion. It's okay that it's happened. I would never like to see it again. What do you think? I agree for the most part. I think Edge of Extinction is, is just a fundamentally broken game mechanic. It takes the game of Survivor and just flips it on its head because you then have someone in both seasons where we've had Edge of Extinction, go to the end. And that player spent multiple weeks with the jury members because as long as you're willing to stick it out on the Edge of Extinction, you get to be on the jury even if you were voted out on day two or three. You know, like Reem was voted out on day one and she got to be on the jury because she stuck it out on the Edge of Extinction, right? Reem is still the queen of extinction. She she is. But it's it just, in, in terms of the actual like game mechanics, Letting a player come in at the final six after spending all that time with the jury and knowing who they're favoring. And Natalie came in and even said, everyone thinks Tony's running the show. And they didn't know whether she was lying or not. And then she knew all the other information that she, that was coming from the jury. She knew exactly what she needed to do in order to make a run at it. No one else gets that advantage. The other thing that really sucks about it is it takes away valuable time from the game that's going on on the main island. And there's been a lot of stuff written about this since the season has ended. But apparently Tony made two fake idols. Ethan made a fake idol on the edge of extinction. That didn't make it in. There were so many things, so many mechanics. The entire dynamic between Ben Drebergen and Jeremy and the origin of that, that never made it into the actual season. Mm -hmm. But apparently it was started with a beef basically in their first couple days together on the beach. And from that moment on, they were diametrically opposed, but that had to be cut for time. And if they want to do this again, you got to do 90-minute episodes, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Because if they couldn't get 90-minute episodes approved for Winners at War, it's never going to be approved. So don't do it again. It's a broken game mechanic. The fact that Chris Underwood won is fine with me. It's dramatic. It was, it was, but it was certainly controversial. And if Natalie had won, it would have been very, very controversial. Let's get back into the the actual content of the episode. What are your thoughts on the return challenge? And, you know, Natalie, Natalie struggled quite a bit in that return challenge. Uh, We saw her (laughs) kind of making some incredible saves to to stay in it. And uh, that, that emotional kind of um, swan song, if you will of eliminated players that followed that. So on Natalie's win in the game, I think that this was a really good example of a phrase I've heard many, many times. I don't know who said it initially, but it's that luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? She put in the elbow grease for weeks and weeks and weeks and got to just uh, just stockpile those fire tokens and then buy every single advantage that was available to her. And that certainly made the difference because she had a gaff or two. And she was fortunate that she had the advantages to basically counteract that to put her on, unfortunately, level ground with several other players. If she hadn't had the advantages, she would have been 
out Absolutely. of that challenge. No shot. No you know, shot. I thought she was going to just run the table with it because, you know, hey, you're three advantages up. You're two advantages up on the next best advantaged competitor. Right, right. You should be running away with this. But she had a couple goofs, you know, and, you know, in her defense, she had been on the edge for like 33 days or something. But so, yeah, everybody, everybody else had been there for a long time. Yeah, I that's mean, true. And so, she had peanut butter and maybe some other players hadn't had peanut butter. And as we know, peanut butter is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, not wait. only not only do we know that certain players didn't, we know exactly who those players were. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh because because they talked about it afterwards um and i guess we can talk about that too i i i, I do uh, fully agree i think i think uh there may have been a little bit of that you know how you think you're gonna win something so you don't try so hard and um, maybe so yeah. maybe you try to reserve some energy or something i i think for her that was probably uh, a little bit her downfall. She thought she had it in the bag, but she did squeak it out and she earned every bit of it, every advantage she, that she deserved got. It. Yeah, she and she worked super hard to get it too. It's amazing. It's amazing that all that work that she put into it on the island was negated so quickly by m- most everyone else. I mean, there were several players that had a, a, a shot at that. Definitely. And it just goes to show, despite all all of that work that she put in she put in, I think that she put in considerably more work than anyone else on the edge of extinction and even so like you said one gaff essentially made it a level playing ground that's all it takes those fire tokens don't really buy you that much of an advantage as Not far as what we saw after Natalie winning Jeff kind of just going down the line with these players that were finally with finality eliminated from the game I thought that was a really powerful moment in this Mm -hmm. episode and and for Survivor as a whole because I think it's pretty clear by the way a lot of these players were talking Rob and Amber and Tyson and Parvati you know these players are are probably never going to play this game again this was really the only thing that they would come back out for and it was certainly emotional I think hearing Tyson Mm -hmm. talk about how Survivor was the one thing that used all of his unique talents as a man and the finding out that fatherhood also can use all those unique talents that he has. So he doesn't need this game anymore. That was really powerful. Hearing Rob just basically just weep. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just cry and just he's talking like this because he's he's holding back the emotion. <gasps> and talking about how much he cares for Amber and and respects her and everything. That was so and hearing sweet. Amber too kind of talk about how most people don't think that she deserved to win her season, which I disagree with. I think she played a really good game in All-Stars, but I understand that she, like a lot of these players apparently, are insecure about their win. All of it was was very, very emotional. Hearing Parvati, she kind of took a dig. It was a very subtle dig. She was like, I was proud to see how I could do in this version of the game, which I thought was interesting because yeah. it was just like a little subtle dig at the current mechanics because she had never been voted out before the merge before. There, There is a complex. Several, several players made statements basically like, you know, I, I didn't feel like I deserved my win, things like that. And that's honestly a lot of that is just because um, Survivor fans can be pretty brutal towards towards contestants afterwards on Twitter. I mean, I wouldn't even have a Twitter after I get off the island. There's no way that I would that I would do that and subject myself to that right. um, just because there's so much negative out there especially if you get a bad edit like adam like i was like adam why did you not shut your twitter down before this season <laughs> he, aired, he a brave man he a brave yeah. man so yeah i i think uh i think everyone that wins deserves their wins fundamentally but i do think some winners had weaker seasons than others sure. and 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 i do think there was a degree of truth to what amber said that that she won primarily because people were angry at rob guess what that's part of survivor though is right. that jury. So 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 she still deserved her win, but she got it because people were angry at Rob. And Right. She was the lesser of two evils to them. She feels some shame that she was brought along as a patsy. Anyways, I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I What I, you don't I, want us to dive into Survivor All Stars <laughs> right now, Ben? You don't want to do a deep dive on season eight? <laughs> oh no, please. No. It was a great season. I love that season. Yeah, it is good. Let's let's move on, okay? Let's talk about Denise's elimination how clutch was that win by michelle how how clutch i mean we've talked about michelle kind of being a goat in the season and here she comes with an immunity win just when she needed it her performance in this immunity challenge i thought was super impressive because the edit made it very very clear the story of this challenge which was for the majority of the challenge michelle was out she was the slowest one 
getting all of her pieces to the top of that big, big staircase mm-hmm. by far, right? And she wasn't rushing it. She was having fun going up and down the slide. She wasn't in hardcore, you know, challenge mode like Natalie and all the other players where she was frankly just kind of winging it and not taking it too seriously. And then to go up there and to just smoke them on the puzzle portion. I mean, it's like everyone else like was convinced that you had to space out all of the biggest poles on each level rather than like trying some different combinations and then she just does it and they copy her and then she gets another level and they copy her and she gets another level they're always behind and then just has that victory karate kick and i was i of course was very very happy for even spartan kick oh yeah thank you a spartan kick not karate i don't know my martial arts or my it was great (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. And it just goes to show number one, the puzzle has always been and I think will continue to be the biggest portion of all these challenges. If you can beat the people at the puzzle, you can go a lot slower at the other portions. And it was really good to see her have a nice triumphant moment in a season where she hasn't had a whole lot of those. You know, and she had she had won that same challenge previously. And and in fact, if you go back and watch it, she does the same Spartan kick. After she that did. victory, yeah, did, did you know that? She no, did. I didn't know. She that. kicked the puzzle down in the exact same way. Good for her. I thought it was awesome. I was like, "Yeah, Michelle, show them, show them uh, why you're here." And I mean, as awkward as that was, right? The finale where they're reading the votes, it was so awkward. I think she deserved third place. I think, and I mean that with a such a compliment to her. And I think she really did prove that she deserved her win as if she needed to prove that. But she did. Uh, she didn't get votes for first because she hadn't played the game to get first. Like you compare her game to Tony, it's not even close. Right. But that is not to say that she didn't deserve to get all the way to the end. She did in a season yep. chock full of hmm. survivors that are legendary at this game. Look at who is in the top three, Michelle. And uh, and that's that's a lot coming from me because I ragged on her quite a bit. Yeah, we both did. And <laughs> she is one of the few players that have ever played the game that have played now two full seasons and made it to day 39 both times. Michelle Fitzgerald is the only person other than, no, even Tony's been voted out. She's the only person that made it through all of her seasons with never getting voted out, you know, and... <sighs> Uh, it's just, it's never happened before. So it's, it's great for her. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about specifically Denise. So we hear Tony talk about how they need to split the votes between Denise and Natalie because he's afraid Natalie has an idol and he's, he's actually pretty sure of it, but Sarah's convinced that it's not happening. Ben's convinced that it's not happening. Sarah talks about how well she does at the social game and it proves to be her downfall. Mm. What do you think about Tony? How Tony handled that? He, he went along with, with Ben and Sarah. I think that Tony was much more aware this season compared to Kagi on how much he could push his alliance and, and where he needed to stop. And for whatever reason, he basically said, you know what? I do have an immunity idol. Unless there's an idol nullifier, I can use this. I won't go home tonight. It's not ideal. Certainly, I'd love to use this at the final five instead rather than the final six. I'm going to make my appeal. I'm going to make my appeal to Ben. He's going to say no because he won't vote for Mama D. I'm going to make my appeal to Sarah, and she's not going to be smart. She's going to be a little bit irrational. I'm going to make my appeal and beg her. But at the end of the day, she's my ally. And if she's not willing to go along with me, I can't just throw one vote at Denise because Michelle and Natalie are voting together as a block. So there's going to be two votes going somewhere. So if they did have an idol, and, and they did, then those two votes are going to outweigh anything. So he's better off just saying, you know what, fine, I'll go along with this for another day. I'll play my idol even though I don't like to. I yeah. could not believe how cocky uh, Lacina was about I- her play and the fact that she thought that within like what was it a day a day that a day she she would know for sure whether natalie had an idol it gave me flashbacks and that was that was one of sarah's worst moments of the entire season and it gave me flashbacks to when she was in her first season with tony in in kagayan and she was trying to play the middleman between two alliances after the merge and she was so power hungry in that moment she was basically like well the other side is saying, I get to pick who's voted out, Tony. Who do I get to vote out if I vote with you? And then Tony eventually was like, well, forget you. I'm just going to vote you out if you're going to be this difficult, right? And they gave me flashbacks to that. And it's good for Sarah that Cops RS was stronger this time, and that didn't happen. But frankly, yeah. Sarah made a really bad decision, and Ben Dreebergen was going along with Sarah because she was his number one. It was just bad gameplay. Like This, this was like a theme in the finale where players were playing for relationships outside of the game 
more than they were playing to win the $2 million. Yeah, there were several strange things that were said during the finale, but oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lucina got a little bit got a little bit cocky like you said. I think Tony made a genius genius move understanding like you said about where how far he could push and then no further he was in danger of making sarah and ben feel very uncomfortable with them and he knew too that worst case scenario which is what happened he would have to lose his uh his immunity idol he wouldn't be able to find it again before natalie did and he would have to make fire in the final and right um and that's exactly what happened guess what he still made it to the end so that's what makes it the genius move now had he lost the fire challenge to lacina and lacina had ended up probably winning um then it wouldn't look like (laughs) it would have looked like he should have pushed a little bit harder but in this case i think i think it was a genius level move okay so with that in mind let's move from denise's elimination onto ben drebergen was voted out fifth what do you think is up with Ben Drebergen? Basically goes over to Sarah and says, you know what? If you want to vote me out, I'm okay with it. I give you my permission, which in winners at war, I didn't expect to see a player surrender. What did you think? How many times did we hear survivors talk about their experience post-win? Everyone received some form of hate, like everyone did. I think Ben received quite a bit, Mm. um, quite a bit of backlash because his social game was crap but his physical game was great he made a lot of enemies in his season um and a lot of viewers didn't like didn't like the way that he won so you know i i think that there was a combination of things that culminated in his decision um to quit the game but i i do think one of them was hunger and and fatigue the the first thing that happens when you get too hungry or too tired is you get emotional and you 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 lose kind of that logic center of your brain that says, hey, $2 million <laughs> would get us a long way. <laughs> yeah. I think in Ben's case, he realized that he didn't have a shot at winning. Mm. And I think he realized it too late that not only did he not have a shot against Tony, he didn't have a shot against Lucina. And so what he wanted to do has his final magnum opus in my opinion at that point was a great move he was going to influence the game so that his number one ended up winning he's basically gonna slingshot her (laughs) what is that movie uh the movie inside out there is a character called bing bong and bing bong does this thing he where he knows that he he gonna die and he (laughs) And yep, and so yep. with his last with his last uh, effort, his dying breath, yeah, his, his dying breath. Bing Bong launches, uh, joins sadness out of the the pit of where all forgotten things are, and uh, that's what we that's really what we saw here is Ben trying to slingshot Sarah to the win against Tony because uh, and and while he's doing that, he curries favor with Survivor Nation. Um, which he sees as a as a noble goal because of his um, what happened after his win. Yeah, I don't think it was entirely him just like giving up and saying I'm done. I think he rightly realized that there's no path to to number one for him. He's gotten really far in the season. He wants to have one last awesome move instead of just being the forgotten footnote. Um, that sits in the third place. I, I definitely agree that Ben Drebergen was playing for his reputation and for his relationships over the $2 million, and he just made the calculation, the correct calculation, that he knew there was no scenario then at that final five where if he made it into the final three where he wins, right? So he's like, so I'm not even going to probably win runner-up if I make it to the final three, right? What can I do? that makes me happy and where I can help someone that I care about in this game, in this case, Sarah Lucina. So in that respect, I don't, I don't mind what he did. Uh The thing I dislike is I, I I dislike anyone, you know, not competing anymore. I, I dislike that because as Jeff says all the time, there are a lot of people that work really hard to get into this game. And I think not giving 110% is a little bit of a of an in-your-face move to those people. But here's my real beef. I don't think that this move helped Sarah long-term in any meaningful way. Because I think if you look at the actual way that the votes would have broken down, 
this just made it to where Sarah getting into the final three was even more difficult because Ben Dreebergen does know that he is a huge fire-making threat, right? So let's say that the final four is Natalie, Ben Dreebergen, Tony, and Sarah. Well, then if Natalie wins final immunity, Natalie's probably going to make Tony and Ben Dreebergen duke it out. And, And in that scenario, Ben Dreebergen probably beats Tony at making fire and then Sarah wins the two million. I really do right. think that's probably the scenario that plays out. But instead of that, Sarah went along with, in my opinion, a bad move. You know, it was a, a big move, let's say, but it was it was for no like no strategic gain. There was nothing really there. So if yeah. anything, I think it undercut her. She she made a big move, but with the permission of the person who she voted out. How is that how Survivor has ever been played? How does that earn the respect of the jury? Caleb, you, your problem is you're thinking logically like someone who's well-fed and rested like you probably got eight hours of sleep last night and three square meals i'm not gonna (laughs) not gonna assume that of you but but here's the thing perception is everything so ben feels like people are going to perceive his action as slingshotting sarah his number one to the finish and that's gonna be like i said his magnum he wanted a big moment because otherwise he has no big moment like he has like that was that You're was right. Ben's moment. If you think about this season, it's like what did Ben do? Well, in the final, <laughs> because how many times <laughs> were we so frustrated that Ben wasn't willing to make a move? I mean, well, now we know why. Yeah, I wonder how long ago he made that calculation. I wonder at what point in the game he realized, oh, because I'm unwilling to turn against Tony and Sarah, I'm not going to win. You know, at some point he must have realized that, and I think he was just, you know, frankly, he didn't want to be on the edge of extinction, maybe, but he couldn't bring himself to get voted off that early. So he just he was excited about that food. Hey, you could tell as he was leaving. Yes, (laughs) and you know, I will say, I I do really like Ben Dreebergen as a man. I think he's a good person. He clearly cares about the people he was on that island with. He clearly, really, really cares about them as people, yeah, as fellow competitors and as friends. So I, I, I of course appreciate that. I just, I just always want to see more grit. You know, I want to see, I want to see him blindside Sarah because that's way more dramatic and interesting to me. But you know, I'll take this too. I think that's okay. So one final question on on this vote out. Do you think that if Tony didn't win immunity at the final five, do you think that Ben and Sarah would have protected him? I think Sarah would have given her, chopped her right or left arm off. Man, what a weird thing that in the 40th season of Survivor, after multiple seasons where no alliance was ride or die. We've seen season after season where there was basically no alliance that was this hardcore and then these three were basically like we just won't do it isn't the that crazy even alliance, though the oh, easily the most solid alliance we've seen in 10 seasons mm, yes easily. yes for sure i mean this this echoes back to, to boston rob <laughs> and his and his harem uh <laughs> dude man his harem uh, of goats <laughs> dude <laughs> like he took a guy who wore pink underwear and a feather on his forehead and this 19 year old girl who was like well you know i think i should win this game because i just know how boston rob likes his rice cooked he took those two people to the end crispy somehow. rice and, yeah crispy big surprise rice. big surprise boston rob won in this season shocker yeah 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 oh. yeah yeah Gosh. yeah i mean it's it, you're right it's 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 crazy but i think I think it's kind of great. I mean, it yeah. it, it it shows the character um, of these these players. Sarah and Tony have been um, hardened by lives in a very difficult career. Say what you want, but being a police officer requires the utmost trust between you know police officers, between even with firefighters and other other public servants. You know, you're trusting your life every day with these people so it's perfectly natural to have that bond form and for that bond to be unbreakable let's 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 move on to and let's talk about sarah um lucina ben i'm so sorry yeah you and jeff Probst, man you just can't get this name thing right look i need to <laughs> hey and all all due respect i do need to i do need to get that corrected it's hard it's hard after you an know, entire someone, season of calling her sarah or maybe sarah lucina to switch to lucina on a dime i, I, I will, agree i will do it though i will do it though out of respect so uh lucina was eliminated and it's time for a segment caleb because there there was something that was said during this whole fire making challenge uh that was just kind of bizarre to everyone and okay there's a lot of emotion and understandably so you got best friends duking it out for two million dollars basically both of them knew whoever won was going to win the two million there was something that was said though that needs to be the subject of our segment what was that tony 
Do you spend much time thinking about who you want to go up against, or do you spend more time thinking, I just need to be the best, that's it? I just come in and give it my best, that's all I do. I play as hard as I can, uh, non-stop, hoping that my best is good enough to win in the end. So you don't care who you go up against in fire? Right now, no. How about you, Sarah? Do you have a preference? If I'm making fire, it's going to be against Tony. And I don't think I would truly want to make fire against anyone else. Why? I mean, I love this guy. Oh, and no, no. stop, stop, man. Relax. He's my partner. And uh, if we're going to get shot, I'd rather us shoot each other than have someone else shoot at us. So. You want to shoot me now? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Tony doesn't know hey ben, what to say. You know, man, Ben, you're one of my best friends. But you know, if someone's gonna shoot you, I want it to be me. Okay, <laughs> I want to be the one to take you out. All right. Oh man, oh, that's awful. And Tony's like, "What? You want to shoot me?" He doesn't yeah. know what to say. To <laughs> Even that. in the moment, he's like, "Wait, Sarah, what? What are you saying?" <laughs> it's just raw emotion, dude. It's raw emotion just coming out. And it is an emotional moment. Like, look, it, no, no, you know, all, all due respect. I mean, it's a huge, huge moment and that yeah. they're going in for fire for $2 million. And, uh, and they're both, they both had a lot of probably traumatic experiences in their, in their careers. So I, I don't, I don't falter. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> it's way out of left field it's just out of all the ways you could have phrased that you know she she really said it later a little bit better where she was like you know if someone is gonna take him out i wanted to be the one to do it if someone's gonna take me out and like that's a little more ambiguous and it like works yeah. in the game of survivor when yeah. you say the word shoot you're like well 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 hold on yeah <laughs> what exactly are you saying here but yeah that was that what that is a worthy winner of oh, what was that <laughs> so i i don't think there's a whole lot to talk about the fire making challenge they both did a great job it was the closest fire making challenge we've ever seen uh in survivor uh infinitely better than some other fire challenges that we've had uh survivor fans know what i'm talking about what season was that i don't remember what season that was all i remember is jeff going <sighs> get the matches get the matches <laughs> get the flamethrowers like, jeff we we ran out of matches he's like oh. <laughs> At that point, he should, have, he should have really just been like, "You're both going home." You're both going home. You've been out here for like 36 days. We're gonna we're gonna, gonna going pull home. somebody from the jury, and they're gonna take your places. And uh, you should, yeah, they should have pulled out like six other fire making kits and be like, first one to make fire <laughs> is back in the game." Congratulations, <laughs> man, dude, man. Oh, I'm surprised that season didn't spell the end of fire making challenges. How what an embarrassment for Survivor, the brand, to have people make it that far and not know how to make fire with matches. Oh my gosh, Caleb, uh, we 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 saw the end of Cops Are Us and Cops Are Us No More. Uh, so I think that when this entire thing was going down. Tony knew immediately that he was going to be the one that was making fire. And it's come out afterwards that apparently Tony was trying to do a couple mind games to kind of psych Natalie out. So a couple things on that. First off, Boss and Rob on the edge of extinction apparently was showing everyone and teaching everyone how to make fire extremely quickly. So Natalie really did know how to make fire. She knew it and she probably could have beaten Tony. Tony only practiced making fire off in the woods with either him or, or Sarah Lucina, but never in front of Natalie because he wanted to act like he didn't even need to practice, right? So Tony is always playing these mind games, and I think he really did successfully psych her out. I thought one of the most interesting parts of this, and I don't think we've ever seen this in a fire making challenge before, was when Tony and Sarah are going head to head. Natalie is like sitting super close in like coaching Sarah Lucina through what to do, yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly rooting for her to win, right? And I think doing that in front of the jury is a huge mistake Awful. because it makes it apparent that Tony is the one with power and he's the one that you need to be voted out. And it sucks for Natalie because you know who set the precedent on how to win in a season of Edge of Extinction if you're the return player? Chris Underwood. And he sacrificed immunity. He won the immunity challenge, gave the necklace up, and then went head to head against Rick Devins, right? He set the bar. If you're not willing to risk it all to take out the top threat, you don't deserve to win the million. There was a lot that was shown to us in this fire making challenge, so it was really, really cool. But we don't have much time left, so let's move on to more of a rapid fire segment. 
I would like to just go over the critical mistakes of each of the players in this final six, in this finale of Survivor Season 40. What do you think Denise's critical mistake was? What led to her getting voted off? I don't think she had um, a solid, solid alliance, and she, she wasn't looking ahead to the final three. And she she had been pretty close, but Ben's not the mover in that top three. And Ben's not going to betray Tony. She should have seen that way long ago. Her best move uh, should probably have come with 11 players left. I think she should have been able to see that far ahead. A lot of other players were, including Tony. and But she wasn't. I, I think her mis- her bed was made long before, I think, even the rest of these that we're about to talk about. And she had to lie in it. Yeah, I'll totally agree. I think kind of like what you said, she peaked too early. She slayed the queen a little bit too early. And then I think she felt that she had to lay low. And I do think she needed to for a couple votes, but she never tried to make that move again. I think she could have even made a move as late as the final seven back when there could have been a majority of players that could have taken out Cops RS plus Ben Drebergen. That was really the pivotal moment for her. If she had gained or if she had you know, grouped up with everyone else and said, you know what, let's take out Tony or let's take out Sarah today. This is the last chance we really have. If she had made that move then, I think she could have made it to the final three. What about Ben Drebergen? What do you think his critical mistake was that led to eventually him sacrificing himself? Yeah, we talked about it, but I really do think it's that he realized too late that he didn't have a shot with his alliance. That even making it to the final three, he'd get third place. And more than that, he would be seen as the GOAT. And and there's his negative press again for a different reason this time, just getting carried along and receiving no votes. I mean, that's awkward, right? Even the final tribal is going to be awkward. You have to sit there and be like, hey, look, I made it here and you're sitting over there. Please vote for me. That's about all he could have said. That, yeah, his mistake was you know, not playing for number one in his in his final three and also his critical mistake was winning the big mouth award for like six weeks in a row i mean we just kept having to give it to him we didn't even have another choice he just got the big mouth award again and again and again it was just terrible uh i mean big surprise i agree with you here uh pretty much spot on it was like he was playing like i said earlier for his own redemption and for personal relationships rather than playing to win the game and this was evidence of course that Basically, from the tribe swap on back when he was initially paired up with Sarah and Sophie and Adam and Rob, from that point on, he was content to be Sarah's number two, right? From that point on, right. he was like, you know what? Sarah's my girl, and I'm going to take her as far as I can, and I'm not going to win, but I'm going to make sure I take Sarah as far as I can. And this was evidenced by the fact that when he realized that he was a goat and and Natalie basically told him, hey, Ben, no one, no one respects you on the jury. Rather than changing his gameplay, he doubled down and asked himself how he could sacrifice himself for for his ride or die, which is Sarah Lucina. Right. What about Sarah Lucina? What mistake did she make, and and what could she have done differently to change her fate? I think, yeah, I think she was she was very close to winning. I, I think I think if she had stabbed Tony in the back, she yep. she would have gotten a lot of uh, props from the jury, and uh, would have coasted to the end. You know, she would have had to do it late and Tony didn't make it easy on her. He didn't give her many opportunities to do that. Um, but but I think, you know, if she had either won the fire challenge and knocked out Tony or if she had knocked Tony out in any other way, she still beats Natalie. But Natalie made some critical errors on the hmm. edge of extinction that I think resulted primarily in the reason that she didn't win. Hmm. Um, and I think that, I think that Lucina played a really tight game. I'm hmm. a fan of the game that she played. I think that it was almost enough to win number one. I think if she makes it to the final, she gets more votes than Natalie. Um, I think she, she probably, uh, gets second place there, um, against Tony, but Lucina, heck of a game, uh, applause all around. I think her, her biggest mistake was being willing to play second fiddle to Tony and I think there may have been a little bit of cognitive dissonance between what she knew her game was and what the jury thought her game was because she believed that she had played a winner's game and from the jury's perspective Tony was the one driving the entire time so to be clear Tony Vlachos would not have won season 40 winners at war without Sarah Lucina at his side 
every step of the way. If she had gotten voted out way earlier, Tony would not have won this game. I'm sure there were many, many times where Tony was freaked out about something and, and was was getting super skeptical of something where he shouldn't have, and Sarah talked him down. And Sarah Lucina said, you know what, Tony? You're going a little crazy. I see where you're coming from, but let me just let me just help you calm down here. We don't need to do anything crazy in this instance. When I evaluate Sarah on her own merits, she had two moments where she said, no, I'm the one in control. At the final six, she called the shots by saying, no, Tony, we will not vote for Denise, right? She took control in that instance and said, we will not vote for Denise. That is objectively a bad move. And then at the final five, she took out Ben Drebergen, which I also think is objectively a bad move. I understand why she did it, but I don't think it was strategically smart. So two times she said, Tony, I'm taking the wheel. And both times she steered the boat in the wrong direction, in my opinion. So I think that's really what it comes down to. One other thing that Sarah does do is she realizes that Ben needs to feel like he belongs in the final. And so mm-hmm. she had the idea earlier in the season that's true. to give Ben a shot at the driver's wheel, which it ends up not having a, a great uh, effect. I mean, what Ben wanted to do didn't end up working out. I I, I don't think it was just a, a vote thing. It's like like mm. you said. I mean, she balanced Tony out in a lot of ways that yes. he needed. Yes, he and did. gave him information, whether it was coordinating with the the spy nest or or just getting him information. You know, she she played her game on her terms, a hundred percent of the way, and so that's where she found the offense that everyone's saying. You know, she's she's in the passenger seat ultimately tony made the most calls according to the edit he did and that was also the player's perception from the edge of extinction Mm. clearly you know that was how everyone felt but i think sarah made a good enough argument in that tribal just before the end to say look this is this is not fair you know, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean... And she made some great points. And I think a lot of them had merit. You're right. I think put her on very close to, if not equal footing with with Tony in terms of perception, which is what this is all about. It's all about perception, mm-hmm. how how the moves are perceived. Like I said, I mean, I'm a fan. I really don't, I don't feel like I have that much to critique about Sarah. I think, you know, she's just inches away. Her flame was almost every bit as strong as Tony's. Pretty symbolic, right? Tony was on another level this whole game long. So yeah, what do you think about Michelle Fitzgerald? Uh, I know you spoke about her a little bit earlier, but what do you think was her critical mistake and in, in what led to her? Her getting third place she started playing too late i think you know she really woke up maybe final seven and she played really really well but it's so hard to get traction when you're working with a minority at the very end when everyone kind of sees where they're at in the pecking order and somehow is okay with it bendry bergen where you at i don't think that she had the social um equipment to make the moves that she was trying to make to get Ben to see, look, you're not you're not playing for for the win. Do this out of respect for everyone who's played this game in the past and wants to win. I understand you want to be seen as a loyal person at the end of this thing, but you know, look at what you're giving up. Look at your family. How much could your family use this two million dollars? You know have have some of those arguments and take them to Benjury Bergen build some some social capital which we've talked about this whole time even more powerful than fire tokens in my opinion the Go real figure. currency of survivor <laughs> so true yeah social capital and uh, of which tony had a plethora and our girl natalie had none mm. so i think i think michelle you know kind of had that had that problem and and really didn't have a shot at the win but definitely deserved third place so my respect for michelle was was i'd say above average compared to other survivor fans prior to the season i really do think she deserved to win her season i think she played really really well and i know it was controversial at the time but she played really really well And coming into this season, I thought maybe she would do pretty well. I really didn't know, but she played a really great game in her own way. The ability that she has to be on the bottom of the votes again and again and again and come back to camp and say, you know what, I know I'm on the bottom, but I'm not going to freak out on anyone. I'm not just going to try to sow chaos. I'm going to be nice (laughs) and approachable. Or hats or rice. So we've seen so many players, you know, be blindsided in a vote and then they consequently go back to camp and be like, hey, you know how I have almost no social capital left? Well, let me burn the rest of it right now by chewing you out. And she never did that. 
And I, I, I would almost liken her to a really, really good dodgeball player. And she's not really that good at throwing the dodgeballs, but she's excellent excellent at dodging them she's probably better at dodging oh, them than great. almost anyone else in the season you know you don't wander your way into the final three in a season like this you just don't and her ability to maneuver every single vote and take whatever circumstances she was dealt and figure out a way to make it one more day is a is a true talent that she possesses it is it, it speaks to her adaptability in this game it yeah. speaks to why she won her season yeah i i think she, you could even make the argument that she should have gotten second place over natalie a lot of other people have i definitely think she deserved to be in the final three i i love that you made a sports simile that was not football <laughs> and here's the thing if you have played dodgeball before like in a big big group it's always that most timid player that's still left at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, and you know that's it her, always dude. is. That's and then it's like everyone move in, throw all your dodgeballs at once, and then she, you know, she's sitting there. She doesn't know what to do. You know, of course, she gets knocked out because she doesn't have the offensive equipment. Hmm. But, but you know, you're focused so hard on these players that are in the front that are throwing and like grunting and sweating and and all that nonsense and uh and she's just sitting in the back just kind of like kicking the dodge of all she's around. just biding her time you biding know, just, her just... time she did she did great so <sighs> finally the final loser and our winners at war season tell me about natalie anderson and what you think if anything she could have done differently to beat tony in the final three or maybe make it to where tony never makes it into the final three what do you think she could have done differently i think the editors did us dirty here um, and I think that's because they selectively did not show some things that had happened on the edge of extinction that we found out about afterwards. Do tell. So specifically, there was a sect of survivors on the edge of extinction that were ostracized. Um, they were not considered among the elite for whatever reason. Um, some of those players included Yule, uh, Wendell, Adam. And among those that was ostracizing people on the edge of extinction was Natalie. Hmm. And in fact, some have said that she was the ringleader. You you remember from the edit, she shared her peanut butter with Tyson right? Um, and gave him an idol. Well, there was more than that. Um, that peanut butter was passed around to uh, almost every survivor except for, I believe, four or five. Um, and everyone knew about it. And that Natalie had had made it, but then they they purposefully did not share it with certain survivors, and that left rifts. And that is sure. why Natalie did not win. I'm not saying she would have won for sure if if she had been inclusive and built relationships on the edge of extinction. But Natalie, her her go get it, her tough girl, you know, attitude and vibe, which we love so much, which yeah. we love, is endearing to us. I I think you know, intimidating as heck. She probably throw me across her shoulders and carry me like <laughs> up, up the mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it got her in trouble here. Um, and players like Yule, like Wendell, like Adam, who are genuinely sensitive guys are put off by the attitude of some of these other players, including Natalie. And it came out in final tribal just a little bit when Rob asked Natalie, why did you ostracize? And I keep using that word, but it basically means isolate. You isolated other players. It wasn't that she isolated herself necessarily. It was that she isolated other players uh, along with another contingency. You know, there was kind of an elite group there. And all this time, Tony is doing all these great moves and everything. Who are you going to vote for? You're going to vote for the person who who ignored you or treated you poorly for you know, days and days and days and you're starving and they don't give you any of their extra peanut butter. Are you going to vote for the guy that's out there crushing it? You're going to vote for Tony. And that's what happened. So it turns out people that weren't isolated that were part of Natalie's core group voted for her. Hmm. Ethan, I'm trying to see if I can name them off the top of my head. Yep. Ethan, Jeremy, Poverty, and Tyson. Right? Yes, correct. Yep. yep. Correct. Okay. Those were the votes and those were her friends. And the rest of the players were like, uh-uh, nope. Not voting for her. <laughs> I'm not, after spending all that time with her and getting, you know, treated like dirt, I'm not going to give her $2 million. Yeah. Just because we're on that subject, that was one thing I thought was really interesting about this 
about this season's final tribal was we did not have a bitter jury really and i and i really like that you know all these players have played the game before they understand the game they know at the end of the day it's not personal and they can separate a lot of the votes from friendships and everything like that which i really appreciate with the standout person of jeremy did you see the look on jeremy's face when tony was like everything i did it was strategic nothing personal and then jeremy's like what about when you voted for me and, and what tony's about like, me and then tony's like well well you were you were coming after my people and so i i had to vote you out and jeremy's like sitting in the rain freezing cold and just looks up with the most angry expression i've seen from jeremy oh, yeah. in quite oh, some yeah. time i was like yikes i was like yes, he's voting for natalie and, and go figure he did and they're best buds so it makes complete sense yep 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 yeah. yep so i think natalie's critical mistake was getting voted out first at the end of the day and that put her on this runway and and sure she had this relatively triumphant ending but she was voted out first and that undercuts so much of her resume that tony can always just say i wasn't voted out and she was and these are players that are very much aware of the controversy that surrounded chris underwood and his win and they don't want to be viewed as a, a bad jury or a dumb jury or as a jury that doesn't respect the actual game of Survivor. So I do think that came into play here. Additionally, her, like you said, not being willing to take Tony out, I think it's like, hey, now you've risked everything to go for this. You should know, basically, when you pit Sarah against Tony, the winner of that challenge is probably beating you. And you've just got to go for broke. And it sucks. That's going to come down the fire. But you've just got to go for it. You've got to do it. And if you don't, you're not going to win this game. So she made a bunch of mistakes, some early, some late. I guess some on the edge of extinction. I had no idea about uh, One last question. Is Tony the goat? Uh, Let me think. Um, Yeah. yeah. Tony's the yeah. goat. Yeah. Yep. Tony, I mean, Tony. do we really need to say anything else? I mean, the dude, I mean, he's a two-time winner, which, you know, obviously we have Queen Sandra. She's a two-time winner, but... You can you can get into the same argument uh, like the the whole LeBron MJ thing, right? Um, Mike Mike Jordan or LeBron James, and if they're in their primes, right? Who wins one on one? Rob Boston Rob was <laughs> nowhere near his prime. <laughs> he was a little a little out of shape, I'd say. Oh, at the beginning. He was looking looking pretty fine at the end. Uh, Trying to but, use old strategies to win that are a little outdated. Hashtag the buddy yeah, system. Not yeah, a good that's, look. Not a that's, good look. That's why I'm going to give uh, Tony the, the edge here because he showed even more adaptability. And, and that's the key to survival in, in, in any situation at all whatsoever that you find yourself. Where you're using the word survivor or survival or survive, you're talking about adaptability 100% of the time. So mm. uh, Tony the goat. Uh, and Ben and Caleb are out. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for spending your morning or evening or afternoon uh, listening to us talk about our favorite show. Thanks, guys. Thanks.